And here I am. Glad to be with you on Friday afternoon. Tanner Hoops with you. The Sports Pen joined by Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal. Weekend's finally here, and it's been a long time before I felt like I needed a weekend as much as this one. I love having basketball back, I tell you what. Mm -hmm. But it gets busy, and I'm tired. I know you are too, so I'm not going to complain too much to you because I think you're a little bit more overworked than anybody in Marquette (laughs) County right now. Um, Yeah, it's been a long week. It's been a long, I would say, six weeks for me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I like basketball season a lot. Uh, The coaches, for the most part, have been pretty pretty good at getting me their stats, and I've tried to get to everybody and – you know, I got to see a game on Wednesday. I got to go to NMU last night. And, uh, you know, now that we're getting into it, we'll be able to cover more and more. It's like I'm, I, I like being busy, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm also enjoying to be slightly not busy. Because <laughs> it's like it gives me stuff to do, but it's, you know, which mm-hmm. I love because I like being busy. But just like a break for just a little bit absolutely refreshing. But uh, a lot to talk about, though. Absolutely. You mentioned Northern. They played their first GLIAC home games last night. Pretty handy wins for both of them over Purdue Northwest. Yeah, uh, remarkably easy. (laughs) I I went in there thinking, okay, you know, Northern will probably get two wins tonight. You Mm. know, I... You know, everything's going in their favor. I didn't think 40 points no. in both games. No. Technically slightly under, but, yeah, just about 40 points in uh, both games. And I, uh, that was kind of shocking to me, and mm-hmm. especially for the men to hit 108 points in the game. Highest since 94. 90, Highest total in one game since yeah, 94. Yeah, it's, it's, it was nuts. I, um, I mean, that game was over by halftime. Mm-hmm. And but after that, it was just like, okay, how many people can we get off the bench to see him play? Which was cool because two UP kids got into the game. Carson Winters from Iron Mountain got six points, had a funny span of a minute. He hit a three, which I think is his first points he scored as a Wildcat, mm-hmm. which was cool. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple seconds later, he gets fouled, and he goes to the free throw line, and his first shot gets stuck between the basket and the backboard, like stuck in there, mm-hmm. and it gave everybody a laugh. So it's like he got his first points and a slightly embarrassing moment. It was, a, it was an interesting minute for him. But uh, Marcus Kraczynski came off the bench for out of, out of North Central. He got six points, had a cool, you know, couple of threes. It was it was nice to see, and everybody played well. I interviewed three players after the game, and. They were all feeling really good. They kind of needed that win. I mean, yeah, they just won mm-hmm. in Saginaw, but it was, you know, kind of like a, like, you like a blowout win every right. once in a while. You mm-hmm. know, a game where you can just kind of go at your own pace. You're not under pressure, to, you know, constantly throughout three. You know, at, you know, about 14 minutes left in the game, you're up by 30. You can mm-hmm. just kind of dribble out the clock, throw out a shot, <laughs> just so you don't get a shot clock violation. So that's pretty much what it was. Everybody got in the game, and everybody scored on the Northern roster, which was really cool. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and, you know, Bill Saul was happy to see that. Um, he, he, you know, because you like, there's so many guys who don't get playing time mm-hmm. during the course of the year, and, you know, a lot of them underclassmen, and they had to pay their dues, which is understandable because mm-hmm. they're inexperienced. But, you know, it's, it's nice to finally get in and do something, you know, instead of sitting on the bench and being a cheerleader the entire mm-hmm. time. You know, like, I mean, there were guys in Purdue Northwest who were, like, grasping at straws, but, like, there was a foul called, I think, at one point, and they jumped to their feet and were ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is like, you know, you get 
kind of bored with that. So a little was, bit. Yeah, yeah, so it's nice to see them get a chance. So, well, On the women's side of things, looked like good game for Honkala. And, uh, you know, it, Troy Matson and company, they continue to do their thing. Yeah, it was, it was good for them as well. Uh, it, it, you know, I went in thinking, okay, the women are probably going to win a little more handedly. Mm-hmm. And then the men just won as, just as handedly. But uh, <laughs> it was... I. The women, it was they finally started to score more. I know that's been kind of a frustration for Troy because their offense in the GLIAC, I'm not sure where it is now after last night's game, but going into the game, they were dead last in points per game. Mm. And that's, you know, struggling to hit 60 <laughs> probably isn't going to cut it, you know, mm. the rest of the year. I mean, yes, Northern's very good defensively, yeah. which they show on their stats, but you you can't just hold a team back you got you can't and just beat a team by 2 or by mm-hmm. 4 you got to be able to get your offense going and they were able to do that last night um their bench players got a chance to score darby youngstrom had a good night her night was basically over <laughs> fairly <laughs> fairly early but like she you know she got the job done quickly mm-hmm. amber hubner from arquette came off the bench she had a pretty good night and uh yeah it was, it was another Everybody got to play, you know, pretty much. We knew that expectations were high for both the men's and women's squads this season. And right now they're both at or near, maybe exceeding expectations. I don't know. They uh, they look really good right now. And it's fun to see quality basketball at the Barry this for year. It's with the women, you know, when they were picked to win the North Division, I thought, well, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought they'd have a better year with a little more experience. But I wasn't thinking that they're going to win the division. But the way they're playing... It's a distinct possibility. Could, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, you know, they're, I would say they're exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. Where the men are just, they're kind of where they should be. Yeah. You know, it's been building to this point. You know, Bill Saul's finally got the team he's been waiting for. Mm-hmm. He's got two stars, two guys who can contribute now. Um, Miles Howard had tied his career high with 12 points. I know that might seem like not by much, but he looked good. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was hitting his shots, had a couple of dunks that got the crowd energized. Um, Naba did his thing, <laughs> you know, like he does every He always night. does. Is, you know, and Isaiah, you know, he's le- he, was at, he was leading the league in points per game. And, you know, I mean, a little lower than what he has. I mean, he had mm-hmm. 17, but, of course, his night was over. But, right. you know, like midway through the, fourth, midway through the second half. So, everybody's contributing. Bill seems to be happy with where he's going. I know the Northwood loss was kind of a letdown because mm-hmm. a little unexpected, but, you know, they bounced off back from that. I talked to Nob after the game, and he said that I think that loss is still in the back of their mind because they feel like they should be undefeated right mm-hmm. now. And just they're, they've moved on, but it's, you know, it's always in there saying, remember, we should be undefeated. Mm-hmm. We messed up that game. Let's not happen again. I mean, and you kind of need to have that. Mm-hmm. It's just we were not good one night. Let's not do that, <laughs> you know, and just move on from that, focus on the next game, but always remind yourself that. Well, and it takes that pressure off of you, especially with the mental state of a young athlete where you aren't forcing yourself to be perfect because you get that first blemish on your schedule. You're thinking, all right, we're still going to be one of the top teams, but we don't have to put pressure on ourselves every night, undeservedly so, to be perfect anymore. Yeah, it's, you know, it was, it was a weird question that was asked in the press conference and you were there. Um, is it, a, <laughs> is, is, is it was a good time to lose that game? <laughs> that was a... That was a 
I don't know if that was just oddly worded or where mm-hmm. he was going with that, but you know, in a way, you'd want to. In a way, there's a little truth to that because yeah. if you're if you're losing an early part of December or late November, there's not as much pressure, like you said, to mm-hmm. keep going undefeated because it's hard to finish a year undefeated, mm-hmm. and then you're thinking, okay, we got to keep being undefeated instead of being like, okay, we got a loss out of the way. Let's just refocus, and you know, hockey went through that like a couple of years ago when mm-hmm. Ate Tolvin was on his streak, where he had five in a row, and people were like, and the team was like, "We gotta help him set the minute record," and that's all they were thinking about. And then mm-hmm. he came up a little short, and then they refocused, and it's just that's what's in their head. And I think NMU is fine, their basketball team, but you know, to get it out of the way now is better than to have it late February when you're approaching the playoffs, because then you're starting to go with a little less momentum. Ryan Steak for the Mining Journals in studio with us, also the beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team. Speaking of which, back in action tonight, and not only that, they're at home, and they're taking on arch-rival Michigan Tech, making the 90-minute drive from Houghton. The Northern is going to be up there tomorrow night. It's that classic home-and-home series. Rivalry is still fresh as ever. This could be a lot of fun. It, it's. Uh, I wish I'd be there tonight because <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. It's. Um, you know, Northern still got that fresh in their mind. They lost the WCHA championship on their home ice to their rival. They feel like they should have won that game. In my opinion, they should have won that game. <laughs> and I know that's. I mean, I was actually talking to a couple po- players last night at a gas station. It was kind of fun. <laughs> um, and. Uh, they, they know that. They want to make up for that. They're a little frustrated. Their offense isn't what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a little confusing uh, for, I'm sure, fans and us writers and everything that, for some reason, it's just not coming together. But I think if they get a sweep this weekend, or especially look good tonight, mm-hmm. that might be the boost they need. Because the holiday season is coming up. Northern doesn't play over Christmas. <laughs> so unlike last year where they went to Vegas and had an interesting <laughs> experience. But, uh, you know, it's just you want to go in. I think next weekend is a great chance for them to sweep because they're going to play Ferris at home. Mm-hmm. But just knocking off your rival at the Berry tonight would just be huge and a good output because Tech's playing well they're number 20 they're still undefeated in the wcha but they're not unbeatable no you know it's like they're they're about where i thought i'd be maybe a little hotter at this point but (laughs) they're about you know i thought they'd be good they're not gonna be great this isn't a team that you know a couple years ago when tech didn't need the automatic bid (laughs) to get in the (laughs) tournament they already had their bid locked up you know they're in the same boat northern they're probably going to need the automatic bid from the WCHA championship to get in, but it, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be on TV. Hope people tune in because it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be a packed house. Talk to the SIDs. It's a sellout. Um, mm-hmm. Standing room only. Uh, is what I heard. <laughs> Hopefully it'll stay. Always there. is. Yeah, yeah, so, is. yeah. So and the students let, got all their tickets, and uh, it's going to be loud, and it, it, it's what it should be. I. When I was here, for the only the first few seasons I was here, the only sellouts were the Tech games, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a fun atmosphere to be part of. And I think if Northern can kick it into gear this weekend and go into the holiday break with a little momentum, you're going to start seeing more and more more and more people start going to games again. Because af- after the second half 
when the second half of the year started and Norden started to get hot, you saw more and more fans coming. And I was talking to the players, and they liked the fact because they're getting more fans. Mm -hmm. But you'll start to see like like 75, 80, 85% full. I don't know if you'll get a straight-up sellout other than the tech games or maybe when the playoffs start, mm -hmm. but it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, and that's a good thing. So how about the WCHA as a whole? Is it surprising you this season, maybe exceeding expectations a little bit, the number of quality teams that have been cracking the top 20? That'll... Um, some of them have been surprising. Lake State was definitely a surprise. Mm -hmm. I thought they'd be better this year oh, than they have. Bemidji has been a surprise. Bowling Green started off insanely hot <laughs> and then, and then uh, cooled <laughs> off a little bit. They're still ranked, but um, you know, it's that was a little weird. Mankato's doing what they do. They're yeah. just a very consistent, good program. I am so intrigued about the end of January. I know mm -hmm. I'm way ahead of myself, but. Mankato comes to town at the end of January, and you will have probably the most hyped-up goalie matchup <laughs> in NMU in a long time mm -hmm. because you'll have the goaltender of the month for November, Anate Tolvanen, who's playing out of his mind right now. Mm -hmm. And you have former NMU goalie Matthias Israelson coming back to town after leaving town <laughs> because he wasn't getting the playing time that he wanted, and he's having a spectacular year. Mm -hmm. So... I'm sure when that comes around, I'm going to really hype <laughs> it up and hope people show up because it's going to be a key series. But that's way ahead of it. But I, I'm i impressed with Tolvanen. When I was talking to the guys last night, they're saying he's just very locked in right he now. Is. And he's very – he was always a, a good goalie, but he's kind of taken the team on his back right mm -hmm. now and just – which it's – you don't see a lot of goalies that can do that. There's a lot of good goalies in the WCHA There's and around the country, but he's one of the few that can get you a win when you probably shouldn't have a win. You know, it's like where you put up, like, 18 shots and he somehow manages to get a shutout out of it. That's just what he does. I mean, I think, you know, Michael Bitzer, when he was at Bemidji, he did that. He's now, I think he's in the ECHL right now. He used to do that. How many shutouts did he have in Bemidji's <laughs> offense? And Bemidji's offense was not very good. No. Um, so it's, you you got to have that sometimes, and he's really stepping up. And I I wonder, <laughs> I, I thought to myself, and I've asked Grant about this, and I'm like, so is Nolan Kent going to play this year? <laughs> like, at all? And he joked, and he goes, well, for right now, it's Hate's net. And I, I'm like, well, I think it's great that he's his net, but how much longer is he going to be his mm -hmm. net where he gets a night off? And I'm wondering if that's going to be the case because I, I don't know if uh, – has that ever happened in Northern where one goalie has played the entire season without a rest? Well, we'd have to dig up the <laughs> I'd have to. I mean, I'd have to look about that, but I was thinking about that today before I came on the show. It's like, has that ever happened? Because you have two goalies, mm -hmm. and as good as – you know, I'm wondering – is there going to be a night where he starts to run out of gas maybe a little bit? Because I've seen that happen before with opposing teams. There'll be that one guy who's off to a great first start of the year, and then he hits January and just things start to hit the slide a little bit when he's playing every night. So I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. But I wonder if just one of these games – I don't know. My, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in Alaska, mm -hmm. is my pick, because they're playing back to back series mm -hmm. in Fairbanks and Alaska, and they're probably going to be like, well, we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know? It's like, 
why not? You know, let's see, you know, let's, uh, let's see what he can do. And he's against, he would be, and no one would be against two teams mm-hmm. that aren't particularly great. No. And that would probably be the big test thing for him. But Huntsville series could be one too. Huntsville too, could be two. Um, that's a little further off, but I would think Alaska would probably be his chance to get into the net. But as far as we said, it's Ate's net as long as he plays out of his mind like he's been doing. So, And congratulations to the Tolvanen family as brother Ale scored his first career NHL goal Saturday night. I had the pleasure of covering him for two years back in Sioux City, Iowa, where he played his junior hockey. He scored his first goal for the Nashville Predators against Chicago on Saturday. Well, last thing before we go to break, let's stick with this subject for Northern's hockey matchup tonight with Michigan Tech. They're coming off 10 days of rest. Their last three games, they split a two-game series with Lake State, who was ranked in the top 20 at the time, and then they lost in overtime at Notre Dame, who's now fifth in the country, defending national runner-ups. What do we expect out of this team? Do they have a little bit of chance to hit the reset button, recharge, or are they going to try and be finding their feet again after 10 days? You know, that was the question I had. Is there going to be – is that layoff going to hurt them? And, you know, when, if you watch the Notre Dame game, there were times, especially early, where Notre Dame looked a little sluggish. And they were coming off a 10-day race. Yeah, and they were coming out. So you wonder if that's going to hurt them. But the difference is, is that this is a rivalry game, mm-hmm. and there's that extra motivation, and I don't think they're going to come out slow. I think they're going to come out storming out of the gates. I don't know if it's they're going to score, like, three goals, like, right away or something like that, but they're going to come out fast. They're going to start throwing shots on net, and it's... I can tell that they're excited. Um, I know that Notre Dame game left a sour taste in their mouth mm-hmm. because it was a game that they could have won. Yeah. Penalties killed them, <laughs> and they kept killing them off and killing them off and killing them off, and uh, and then they let that one in, and it just, ugh. <laughs> but uh, they're, I, th- I think things are going to turn around. They're, everything is slowly coming together a little mm-hmm. later than it probably should have, but, you know, don't give up on the season (laughs) there's still a long long way to go i'll make one prediction for tonight i think that the opening goal is going to be scored by darian craighead that's my prediction for tonight not a bold prediction but (laughs) but the very very good he's mr reliable this season he's very much so craighead's been their guy and i think he does it too i also think trey loggins is going to score at some point i'm thinking there's going to be a highlight real goal between rockwood to loggins Mm -hmm. and it's going to be nice because it happened so often last year. It's gonna, it's gonna happen at some point that you're gonna see something cool. I'm making Rockwood assist on the on the Craig uh, on the goal. Craighead goal. He'll get okay. an apple or two tonight. Yeah, That's yeah, what I'm yeah. Guessing. He's he's in his zone. Um, and he's scoring. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's the interesting thing with Adam because Adam's all about the assists and setting up the play. I wrote that fun feature because he was a good interview and he talked about how he likes to let the photo develop mm-hmm. where he waits and he waits until the perfect time to pass it. He's not a scorer. He can no. score, but he, he seems to really enjoy setting up his teammates. Mm-hmm. And it just... Coaches would kill for something. Yeah, like they that. have something like that. He's nobody has a transfer. It's rare that you get a transfer like Adam Rockwood, and uh, I'm impressed to see what um, Tony Bretzman has also been a pretty good job so far this year. And I wrote a feature on him earlier this week, so if you remember, I I tweeted it out. So if you want to read it, <laughs> shameless plug there. Ryan Steen for the Mining Journal in studio with us. We'll take a break, but stick with hockey when we come back. Red Wings pick up a big win last night in OT north of the border. That's next in the sports panel at ESPN-UP. 
Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibway Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you Friday afternoon. We're joined by Ryan Stieg from the Mining Journal, also the beat writer for the Northern Michigan men's hockey team. Well, sticking with hockey, looking to the NHL, Red Wings pick up a big win last night, 5-4 in overtime. They take down Toronto. They spoil the return of William Nylander, who finally agreed to a new contract. <laughs> Six years, $6.9 million, $41.4 million total. He comes back, and the... Maple Leafs nearly came back. Detroit had a 4-1 lead, third period. Let it slip the away, red, the, go to overtime, still pull it out. Yeah, very much a Red Wings kind of a thing, <laughs> blowing a lead that you should win. But uh, Dylan Larkin came through, nice goal. Um, and the weird thing is that the Red Wings are playing a stretch where they should like lose all the games. Mm-hmm. And they're playing well. They've won two during that stretch against yeah. Boston, Colorado, Tampa, and Toronto, they've earned five of eight points and are somehow two points within a wild card spot in December. Now, after I, the way they start, yeah, and now I, like I've said it as many times in the show, don't get too excited, mm-hmm. but it's 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 nice to see that they're playing decent. Mm-hmm. It's like if. If you end up going to Little Caesars, you're not like entirely wasting. No, they've got a winning record. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, they're above 500. Um, it's their first victory in Toronto since April 2016. <laughs> um, you know, it's it was it was a nice thing, and perhaps another impressive thing they have. Tyler Bertuzzi was not in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mantha was not in the lineup. Trevor Daly was not in the lineup. Danny DeCa- Danny DeCaser was not in the lineup. Former Sioux City Musketeer. There you go. <laughs> um, and former uh, Western Michigan mm-hmm. hockey player. So, uh, but yeah, I mean all that, and they still are doing okay. Thirteen, twelve, four, thirty points. Um, did you say it once that Toronto is the most disappointing team right now? No, I said that they are one of the most. What did I say? I don't think they're disappointing. I think uh, what's what I want to say if I if they're giving somebody false hope, they're giving their fans false hope that they're <laughs> yeah. going to be good this year, and you know they'll be a so they're teasing okay team in the playoff. Yeah, they're a tease right now. They're not disappointing because they're they're playing good enough hockey, but they're giving the fans false hope that they're going to be a cup contender this year. They're just not. Yeah, and uh, giving uh, <sighs> sad hockey writers the belief that they're a cup champion. Now mm-hmm. I definitely didn't think that. No, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here but um but there's a lot of guys who nationally pick the leaves to win it mm-hmm. and they're just they're not good enough no. <laughs> they've got the skills they're doing okay but this team doesn't have the goaltending no. they doesn't have the they don't have the defense this is a team that is just one I would say 1.5 steps <laughs> from where they need to be to be a cup contender. Um, Winnipeg is the Canadian team, if you're yes, going to focus on that. Um, but uh, John Tavares, um, Zach Hyman, you know, from Toronto, Andrews Johnson erased the league, the lead, and then the Wings had to put themselves together. <laughs> and... Uh, I mean, they pulled it out, yep. which is great to see. But uh, did you? Th- and the Red Wings feel like they can beat everybody. 
than Sometimes not. it feels like they can, and sometimes it feels like they can lose to anybody. They're so inconsistent this year. They've and, got talent there. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. You At this point of the year, you wouldn't think the I mean, teams always like to believe in themselves, mm-hmm. and if you ask them, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we've, we're feeling good. But the Red Wings actually truly believe it right mm-hmm. now that they can beat anybody, and they've shown that they can keep pace, mm-hmm. but – they, you know, can they keep doing it? Is what it is, and I, I, I was wondering if it was worth at the start of the year to actually tune in to watch mm-hmm. Red Wings games, and I've actually been paying attention to more recently than I did at the start of the year, and it's simply because they're doing better, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that's great to see. I see more fans talking about it a little more um, than I thought there would be, so they're creating that interest. It's still there. Not quite what it was, but it's slowly coming back. Who's the biggest surprise in the Eastern Conference to you this year? Would it be Buffalo and the fact that as of right now they're in playoff position? The New York Islanders, similar thing. They're in playoff position. They're third in the Metropolitan Division. Would it be Pittsburgh and how slow they've been this season and how Jim Rutherford thinks a purge is going to be the answer to their problems? Carolina, after the way they started the year and how they've fallen off the face of the earth, or teams like Philadelphia and New Jersey, who are coming off playoff seasons that looked like they were going to be good, and right now they're the bottom two teams in the East. There's a lot of teams right there. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I imagine, is Pittsburgh yours? Because I know you're, yeah. you're, the, you're the Penguins fan. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I'm going to go with Buffalo mm-hmm. because, you know, they had all this long, young talent, and they should have. I don't know, got into gear <laughs> beforehand, and now it seems to finally come together. Now, Carolina does not surprise me because I watched them at Hockeyville, and they were atrocious. <laughs> so it's like that – I mean, it looked like they were going to kind of maybe do something, and then mm-hmm. they just fell off. Now, when I watched Buffalo in person, I looked at it and said, this team has a decent core. Mm-hmm. They're going to be good soon. They just took a little longer than expected. I think they get into the playoffs – but I don't know how far they're going to go. Yeah. Um, but it, it's <laughs> it's been a surprising year. I I didn't think the Flyers would can Ron no, Hextall. That was out of the blue because mm-hmm. he's actually done a pretty good job. Yes, I actually thought they'd hire they'd fire Dave Hextall before they'd fire Ron <laughs> Hextall, which makes me sad because I I know Dave. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed Dave when I was at North Dakota. He's a nice guy and he's a good coach, but he's also in Philadelphia, which I like to think is the most demanding fan base it in the is. country. And they get angry over the littlest of things. Yeah, they um, want Doug Peterson out right now. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? Exactly. You <laughs> just, just won your Super Bowl like won, 10 months it's, ago. Yeah, it's like ended, you know, your first Super Bowl, you know, made you guys legitimately good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now you want him out the door. But I don't know. I'm with you on Dave Haxtell, by the way, former Sioux City Musketeer head coach, long before my time there. That was back in the 90s. But, no, I, I'm with you. I think Haxtell would have been the first one to go. Ron Haxtell will be a heck of a steal for whoever hires him as a GM. It makes me wonder, what about Seattle? Who's going to be the first GM of the new Seattle franchise? Could that be a landing spot for Ron Hexton? I very much. He's definitely probably going to be their first guy yeah. <laughs> after what he's done in Philadelphia. I think he'll be their first call. I speaking of Seattle, what's their name going to be? I wonder if they're going to go to the Pilots because there's so much history there. I kind of want to see him adopt supersonic colors though, green and yellow. And I don't think you can make that work with the name Pilots for whatever reason. 
They tried that in baseball once, but yeah. it, was more, it was more of a it was more of a blue and gold, and then they moved to Milwaukee and became yep. the Brewers. But it, I could see that. I know some people are talking about the totems, hmm. which I get I it. Know. You know, I just I uh, get the reference. I guess you know it's like name, Pacific you know? Northwest Native Americans. I get it, but it yeah. just it sounds weird for a hockey name. I know some people are hoping for the Thunderbirds because that's their yep. WHL team. I. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to go. I just hope that, I just hope it isn't lame. No, you know, it's got to be respectful. Yeah, it's got you know. It's I, I still I grew up in Minnesota and mm-hmm. I still don't like the name the Wild. <laughs> it's been in place for years. I mean, like 18 years, and I'm still disappointed with it. It just I want something that's catchy that people are gonna you know mm-hmm. remember. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the Golden Knights when it came out, but yep. it's it's. It's kind it's of grown on it's me, grown sure. on yeah. me, you know, and it's like I'm hoping they can come up with that, and uh, you know, there's different ways you can go about it. I I think they'll probably go with something a little more to the area of the mm-hmm. Northwest. Some people are thinking Emeralds. Some think are like the Rainiers, like their mm-hmm. minor league baseball team. There's there's a lot of possibilities. I just I just hope that they don't go dumb and you know like the Seattle coffee or you know like so, you know like it's uh, you know and you got to market yourself that yeah, way you get, and uh i think what are the odds they change key arena to starbucks arena probably pretty good <laughs> to be honest with you yeah i mean it's key arena it's been that way for a while but you know with the nhl team somebody's gonna try to campaign exactly. to get it so mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. I, I I've been to Seattle. I love it out there. It's so beautiful. And I was I was very disappointed when the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm glad they have something back because they need it. I wonder almost who could be the coach for them. And I don't know that he'll be still looking for work by 2021. He probably shouldn't be. You know where I'm going with this, Coach yeah. Q. I I could. I think he's probably going to get a new job before well, that. He shouldn't be looking for work by the time Seattle <laughs> the the gets a team. I mean, he'll probably get a nod before you know next season. Just mm-hmm. depends on where he's going to go. Otherwise, uh, I'm sure Ken Hitchcock will be free by then, and teams <laughs> will repeat the cycle. And he'll get hired somewhere <laughs> else. Um, and you know, even if he does retire, you know, mm-hmm. he'll be back yep. somewhere. And Philly, Philly, they dump Haxtell. Would mm-hmm. they go after Quenville? Could be. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, he turned Chicago around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could he get Philadelphia there again? Just a possibility. Um, or they'll go out and get Mike Yo and just go the other way with it. <laughs> oh, Mike Oh, I wish the fans could see your face right oh, now. Oh, Mike Yo. So many memories from the wild. Yeah. I, uh, but not good ones, are No, they? no, no, not pleasant ones. Uh, but I, I think he lands somewhere. But I, I'm hoping that... When Seattle has their first season and they get their coach, that they go young. Mm-hmm. I don't think they. I'm hoping that's what they do, but they'll probably get a guy that people know, you know, like recognize as a name for a coach who probably shouldn't be coach, mm-hmm. <laughs> but just so people get hyped up and they know who he is. I, I hope they think outside the box and you know grab a college guy or a guy from the minors who's you know done well the last couple of years mm-hmm. and deserves a shot. Um, Imagine if Jeff Blasso gets canned this year at the end of the year if he <laughs> it's considered in Seattle. It would be a possibility because I still think he's got a ways to coach. 
<laughs> I do. I still think there's potential left there. Yeah, he's. I mean, it's not. This isn't entirely his fault. No, I mean, I don't think he's at his ceiling yet. I yeah, should say that. Yeah, I think he could definitely get another NHL gig. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, maybe getting a little too ahead of myself talking about Seattle, but it's it's just fun. I like mm-hmm. when expansion teams come in. When leagues expand, it's great. You wonder if Quebec City's on the horizon. Um, but you look at, I mean, Arizona. Florida, mm-hmm. how much longer are they going to be there? Exactly. I it's just, I mean, what wasn't there like like yesterday? Didn't they announce the most valuable NHL franchises? Weren't the Coyotes and the Panthers like at the very bottom? Probably. <laughs> they're not good either. There's not good hockey down there. People don't go to their games. It, they're not very good. I, I mean, some people like to complain. Well, Tampa has a team too. Yeah, but Tampa's been successful. Tampa's a and good team. Yeah, and. People actually like having a hockey team there. People go to their games. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people have said it's one of the loudest places you can go when the fans show mm-hmm. up. So, and Nashville's doing okay, yeah, they finally. Are. So it's, you know, it can hockey can make it in the South. You just Absolutely. have to put a good team out in the ice. And uh, Arizona is just a mess. Yeah, I, it is. Yeah, I, they needed to stay in Winnipeg, but Winnipeg's got their team now. But do you think Quebec City is going to happen? Do you think it's going to expand further? I don't think they'll go past 32 teams. Someone would have to relocate. Uh-huh. They could have one of those American franchises from the south that's not doing well, like Miami, uh, I should say the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. in the Miami area, or Arizona could end up going north. If there's any Canadian team that's at risk, it would be Calgary, and there's no way they would ever leave Canada. But I know they're having problems right now, trying to make sure that the Flames are going to be a long-term deal in Calgary. And I wonder if that could be an option where they stay within Canada's borders, but they head out east and they take over the old Nordique spot. Ah, the Nordiques. <laughs> Who had some really cool uniforms. Yeah, they did. Sidetrack. Um, but uh, I, I'm hoping they stay too because Canada's so passionate about yeah, hockey. And it's almost heartbreaking whenever they used to – Use, lose a franchise. Mm-hmm. I think they stay, but they're going to have to fork over some money to get them yep. to stay. And uh, I remember when Atlanta had a team. Mm-hmm. Thrashers. The Thrashers, who, by the way, still have a Twitter handle. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's fun to watch them because they always have an opinion on something. And uh, I, I'm glad they moved to Winnipeg, but that's two whiffs mm-hmm. that the NHL has had in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like you do, it's they're not going to go expansion now that they're even mm-hmm. a team's going to have to move north or somebody's going to have to go somewhere else um the hurricanes seem to be embracing the hartford whalers they do. They do. <laughs> so maybe that'll happen so we'll i think see. some cities that i really really would want to see get nhl would be milwaukee for one i think there are a lot of fans yeah, up here would like it yeah i you, you want i mean they have a good ahl program mm-hmm. with the uh, the admirals yep. uh with that new basketball arena there's a lot of hype with there that you wonder with basketball arenas can you turn it into a hockey arena um because some you can Mm -hmm. i mean the barclay center is a disaster but they should have never moved out there anyway no yeah i mean you got to make sure it fits and i think it could very well work in milwaukee and they just forked over a lot of money for that Mm -hmm. for that basketball arena so they definitely don't want to build the hockey arenas but it it can make it work but you got to fix your arena because you got a rink versus a basketball court you can put mm-hmm. a basketball court pretty much anywhere but for a rink and the boards you got to make it fit and 
I'm hoping Milwaukee gets one. I think mm-hmm. that'd be a good destination for a team because there's passionate hockey fans in Wisconsin, right. and uh, that'd be that'd be pretty good. The other city I'd really like to see get it is Kansas City. Yeah, because <laughs> you know the Blues are popular despite mm-hmm. not winning a cup. I went no. to a couple of games when I was down there and living in the area. They're they get rabid crowds, and Blues fans in the St. Louis area are really into the team. Mm-hmm. And could it play in Kansas City? I think they would. They need a new arena. Possibly, it's something to look into. <laughs> not necessarily, I guess, but probably wouldn't hurt. Uh, yeah, that they might help need you. it to get the NHL to give them the franchise there. <laughs> yeah, or to entice someone to move there. You right. gotta really, you know, make a statement, a sales pitch. This is what we'll do. Back in the day, the Kansas City Scouts, yep. um, they had a franchise. <laughs> Cle- and they nearly had the Penguins. And almost. Mm-hmm. Isn't Kansas City always one of those cities that owners tease, mm-hmm. if you don't get us an arena, we'll move to Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, you know, like, there, there was North Carolina had that part for a while mm-hmm. where that was a threat and now it used to be in the NFL mm-hmm. we'll move to LA and now LA has two teams technically I like to say one mm-hmm. because the other one's in the soccer stadium which is something I'm going to bring up later in the show <laughs> but yeah I hockey's fun right now mm-hmm. not just the college level but the NHL with their expansion the Red Wings are trying to figure out if they're actually decent <laughs> oh, like UMass is good yeah and UMass the Minutemen who have been that team in Hockey East that's there mm-hmm. and that's in the hunt for, you know, a play a, a tournament bid, but they're not going to win it. This year, they look like they could win Hockey East. And the uh, Jonathan Quicks, they're probably their most famous alum, mm-hmm. but I they're a fun team to watch. They're hot, and it's good. I love it when teams are up and coming, and it's not the same teams year in year. Ryan Steak for the Mining Journal with us. We'll take a time out, come back, and we'll get into Packers speculation for who could be their next head coach. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibway Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you on this Friday afternoon. Switching gears to the NFL. Packers, of course, fire Mike McCarthy. They part ways with him after 11 seasons. So next year, for the first time since 05, Green Bay will have a new coach. All the speculation is, who will it be? And quite a few names are being tossed around. It's right not going to be Joe Philbin. It's not going to be Joe <laughs> Philbin. And that's the right move, not to make it Joe Philbin. Josh McDaniel, I think, is a hot commodity that a lot of people have been talking about. Here's one that's just come up in the last few days, though. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. What do you think about that? I, I'm i more intrigued by that than Josh McDaniel. I am, too. Yeah, because Pat Fitzgerald's been there at Northwestern for a while now. Mm-hmm. Is Northwestern... The powerhouse of the Big Ten? No, but the fact that he turned a team that was very meh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, actually took him to the Big Ten title game yeah. this year, he's, they're always in both, they pull upsets every year. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're, they're that team that's always there, and it'd be nice to see if he get a shot. And it's reasonably close. It I mean, is. Yeah, from Evanston to Green Bay, so not that far of a move. 
I can't stand Josh McDaniels, so <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he's not who Green – I mean, I might fun of Packers fans because I'm by far not a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to go through Josh McDaniels because Tom Brady hates him. Yes, he does. <laughs> so it's like if a legendary quarterback hates a coach, why would you bring in a coach – under another legendary quarterback who will probably hate him just as much. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady changes Josh McDaniels' plays constantly mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers did the same thing with Mike McCarthy. He's going to do it with Josh McDaniels, yeah, too. He will. I mean, so come on. <laughs> I know he's hot and a hot commodity in people. He's always a name people bring up, but he spurned the Colts, yep. you know, at the last minute and. I just don't see it. And you know what happens with all this Patriot family tree thing? You get <laughs> – I mean, Lions, Lions fans are, are learning about, about it. it now. You know, you get a guy who's been under Belichick for a while. He comes to town, and everybody thinks Belichick's magic is going to attach itself to the coach, and it rarely does. I mean, remember Charlie Weiss? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, Notre well. Dame, yeah, yeah. It's like – and then he went to Kansas, and even yeah. more of a disaster. I just – <laughs> you know, I hope Pat Fitzgerald is intriguing to me. Mm. I hope the Packers don't go retread and go after someone who's been doing this forever. And Joe is a, Philbin. Joe Philbin. I mean, <laughs> he's, yeah. I mean, he's uh, Joe Philbin's a decent guy to get through the rest of the season because mm-hmm. the season's basically over. They're not going to make the playoffs. But you know, it's just you don't want that to be your guy. And uh, you know, I'm sure Joe Philbin will probably find a job mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the season, but the Packers aren't going to stick with him. Well, the Jets will probably be open. We know Cleveland's open. Baltimore could very likely become open. Uh, Baltimore's quarterback situation is getting a little more interesting by the minute. We don't know who could play there between uh, Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. Right now, I'm tempted to go with Lamar Jackson. He's younger. He's the hot hand. Oh, very much I so, want to yeah. see him in December, though, before anything. I yeah. want to make sure he proves himself, but it Makes for an interesting situation because the Jaguars announced today that as of right now, they're not planning on bringing back Blake Bortles next year, despite the contract extension they offered him this season. I almost wonder if that could be a place where Flacco ends up. I don't think that is necessarily the move I'd make. I just wouldn't rule it out. He's won a Super Bowl. Tom Coughlin. How How long can you really milk the Super Bowl thing? You know, he's going to do it as long as he can. <laughs> you know, it's like eventually, I mean, and it'll appeal to somebody. Yeah. Somebody's going to take a look at him. I, I, it's a little odd that they're moving on from break Bortles mm-hmm. so early. I think so too. Yeah. It's, it's his not numbers his, are the same as last year. Yeah, it's, it's the defense is flopping. Yeah. It's, it's not his fault, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of times the QB or the head coach is the scapegoat and you blame mm-hmm. that person. I, I think he could fit in okay in Jacksonville. Um, I think they, I think they move on from him and go with Lamar Jackson because mm-hmm. he's younger and people like his flashiness. He's fast. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams aren't, you know, they aren't equipped to deal with fast quarterbacks. I mean, remember Michael Vick and his heyday? Oh yeah. I mean, teams couldn't handle that, and Lamar Jackson's showing, you know, flashes of that, and I, I think he can be very successful. Um, I mean, they're Pitt, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are kind of. I mean, I think Pittsburgh's starting to get their act together, mm-hmm. but you know, Baltimore could very well just be a wild card team, um, and could make some noise if Jackson can fulfill what he can do. You know, it's I, I think they go with him. 
Wonder who's gonna pick up Mike McCarthy at the end of this season. A lot of guys think that he won't have any trouble finding a new job in the he NFL. He won't. He won't. He'll find a gig next year. It just would he go to college? It'd be a possibility for him. I mean, there are college jobs that are still open. I guess he's got to act on them now if he's going to. Yeah. You know, they're starting to fill up. Georgia Tech got filled today. Jeff Collins left Temple. And uh, Scott Satterfield is heading over to Louisville. They're starting to starting to find but, their guys. Yeah. But that's what makes me wonder. Because you've seen head coaches in the NFL who lose their jobs. And then they kind of re-energize themselves in the college ranks. Mm-hmm. They, you know, take a team you know, maybe a mediocre team and turn them into a good team mm. and then get noticed again and move on into the into the NFL. So it's – I'm wondering if he's going to go that path. I don't think that's where he wants to be because, mm. you know, you get fired from the NFL, you want to stay in the NFL. Does he become a head coach or does he go back to coordinator? Oh, he's won a Super Bowl. I think he'll stay a head coach. You think? Okay. Yeah. I Because I wonder if – because his – Rodgers hated his play calls. Yes. If <laughs> if that's going to be enough where quarterbacks are going to be like, this is the guy I want to listen to <laughs> as a head coach. So I – there's so many question marks about what Mike McCarthy's going to do. He could – he has the capability to be another NFL coach. Mm-hmm. You wonder if people are going to – athletes are going to listen to him and maybe he's better, sit, better suited to be up in the booth mm-hmm. as a coordinator, at least for a while. Or is he going to go back to college and uh, – you know, was I can't remember was McCarthy ever a college coach? I can't think of it. Off the uh, yeah, head but if either. he if he if he wasn't, would he take that slight step down and maybe join a Big Ten team yeah. or a SEC team or something? You know, I I mean, look what Chip Kelly did. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. you you can make some jokes about UCLA because they're kind of struggling. But yeah, like you know, it's. I think he's going to get them on track. He did at Oregon, moved on to the NFL, did okay, then got canned. Now he's at UCLA, and you maybe that's what Mike McCarthy needs. I I, I hope that he catches on and he gets a, a good job somewhere because mm-hmm. I know I tease. <laughs> I know I've written columns and I tease him because he needed to go, but mm-hmm. he's. I mean. People like coach. him. Just he can coach. He's a, a good coach. They just need a new start, and I think he'll latch on somewhere, but I hope it's a decent gig and he's not going to have to settle somewhere. Let's stick on college football right before we go to break. Heisman Trophy finalist. We know him, and we are going to know who the winner is tomorrow night. Tua Tagovailoa, Kyler Murray, and Who does on you being able to know how to pronounce that? It took me a long time to do that. <laughs> it took me a long time, but... There's a chance that uh, he's going to be walking away with the Heisman Trophy. If you had asked me this a week ago, I thought he had it signed, sealed, and delivered. I don't think it should hinge on one week, but Kyler Murray raised a lot of questions. Dwayne Haskins, I think, is the outsider right now. He's a fantastic passing quarterback, but right now I think it's a two-man race. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, if you like again, if you'd asked me, you know, a week ago, if I, I would think Tua had it in the bag, mm-hmm. but Kyler Murray impresses me. Yeah, he does. And, you know, and uh, I think he can make a good case for himself. You know, I think Haskins is going to be considered, mm-hmm. but Ohio State's not in the playoff. No. <laughs> and if if you're not in the playoff, I feel like even if you have the numbers, it's going to mm-hmm. kind of squash 
your your Heisman hopes, just based on that. Not necessarily your fault that they're not in there, but you know, people are gonna hold that against you. I I think Tua still ends up getting it, mm-hmm. um, just because you look at the course of the whole season. He's definitely had the numbers. He's the performances. But I think Kyler will get a better look now. Mm-hmm. You know, he might get more votes than he did before <laughs> because of, you know, mm-hmm. what he did, you know. So I think it's going to be a little closer than you probably thought at the midway point in the year. But I still think Tua gets it. What about this? Could Tua be hurt because he hasn't played in the fourth quarter in a lot of games? He's played maybe a game or two total less than Kyler Murray has, and Murray might have better numbers in that sense? I think you can make the case for that, but I think it's just they're Alabama. And, you know, the voters love Alabama, and they're going to go with him just because it's Alabama. (laughs) You know, I mean, they're undefeated. They're in the playoff. They're the front runner to win it, you know, this year. So I think that's what they're going to go with. I think poor Kyler Murray is going to be, you know, Tua wasn't from Alabama, he'd probably win it this year. So um, just kind of a blow to him, but uh, it's still a spectacular year for him. Ryan Steak for the Mining Journal in studio with us. We'll take our last time out Friday Funnies when we come back. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Big Skin Payday is back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only to Jibway Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you Friday afternoon. Just about seven minutes till the top of the hour. Ryan, Friday funnies. And I don't know if anything can top the fact that the NFL still allows the Titans and Jaguars to play. That's a good way to start. And both uh, of those teams beat the Patriots this year. Again, two scores. I, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the NFL has been weird this year. But, yeah, the, the NFL seems to have this weird obsession with having Tennessee play Jacksonville on Thursday night. Never let it happen again. Yeah. And last night, it, sh- it should prove that it shouldn't happen again because <laughs> it was so sad. I, also, I don't know if anybody saw that clip of the guy who, cover, who was at that TV station in Tennessee who did highlights with the Titans. He was... He couldn't show it because the game was still going on in the mm-hmm. newscast. So he did, and he goes, due to broadcasting rules, so here, I'm going to say what happened with the teams in the game. And he threw stick figures on a piece of paper, and it started off, he said, okay, here's Nissan Stadium. Here's an overhead to start the game. And I think it's a great representation of the crowd amount that was at the game. And then he went down the line, and here's Derrick Henry running downfield, taking tackers with him. And there's all these Jaguars, like, spread out on the field. And then he goes... And then there's a safety. There's two points to Jacksonville. And know who's upset over this? The head coach. And there's a, the coach has a sad face. <laughs> it, was, it was a creative way to do it. I, I give that guy kudos. So we'll start off with that. A lot of, I, you know, Friday Funnies are my highlight of the week. Uh, Bill Walton. Oh, boy. People know who Bill Walton is. Mm-hmm. And he had some bizarre stuff to talk. He always does, does. but you know, here's, here's where it got weird. Poor Dave Pash, who is his, usually his partner, partner, which I got to admit is probably a weird experience every time you try to broadcast a game. Oh yeah. And well, he asked Dave if he went to school in a building. That's Mm -hmm. an interesting question to ask. Mm -hmm. And then 
spent time talking about former Congressman Larry Craig, mm. random, ta- said Japan was the land of the Red Sun Rising, okay, and then asked why Jay-Z doesn't get go to Washington basketball games, but why players go to Washington, go to his concerts. Mm-hmm. There's a deep thought. The Wizards are bad. He... Also spent 30 seconds talking about how the government paid Woody Guthrie to write songs about promoting hydroelectric dams in the Pacific hmm. Northwest. Okay. It's just, it was just a random... <laughs> but that's Bill Walton. So how, do we, I thought, how do we get Luke Walton <clears throat> from Bill Walton is the thing? I, I don't know, but there, I thought people might enjoy another session of Bill Walton chats. If Bill Walton and Mike Leach were locked in a room together, how long would they talk before they came out? Oh, just... My gosh, could you imagine? If you were waiting for a that? press conference, it would be magical. Oh, my almost. gosh. But uh, XFL teams were announced. St. Louis gets a team after losing their NFL franchise <laughs> as a cheap way to compensate them. And they're still in the formerly, like, it used to be the Edward Jones Dome. Now mm-hmm. it's like the Dome of the Americas or something like that. LA, LA gets a franchise. And they're playing in the StubHub Center where the Chargers play. And my question is, are the Chargers going to sell out more games than the XFL franchise? Yeah, they keep winning and they get Melvin Gordon back, probably, probably. but maybe by a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, the Monday Night Football had a mascot game. Mm. The people said that was probably more entertaining than the actual game of when they fell. Um, all the Philly mascots, like all their college mascots were on one side, all their pro mascots on the other. Gritty made an interesting oh, performance. Boy. So that was kind of fun in its own way. Um, Mark Sanchez joked about the bump fumble. Oh, in, in, people know it's an infamous play. <laughs> It'll live on for years to come. Still can't believe he's a starting quarterback. Yeah, right I now. can't either. And that Adrian Peterson is somehow successful still. Mm-hmm. It, but people mm-hmm. asked him in the press conference, "Does he like? Is he okay with people forgetting that he was actually a decent quarterback and that he's going to be remembered for that?" And he laughed it off and said, "You know, you got to accept stuff after a while." He probably hated it at first, mm-hmm. but he's just like, "You know what?" If my legacy is going to be a goofy play, sure. You know, I've I've moved on from that, and he's laughing the whole time. He's just like, I'm just focusing on what I'm doing now, and at least he's being remembered mm-hmm. for something. You don't want to be a forgetful quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something, and he seems to be perfectly fine with it. And other wacky stuff, the Packers fired their associate head coach, um, after he tweeted a critical tweet about yeah, Winston <laughs> Moss, it's not like he's some scrub special teams intern. He's a long tenured associate head coach. <laughs> Said something on Twitter. Social media will kill you yes, eventually. You'll say something dumb, and like you'll, Kevin Hart, yeah, lose your job because you did something stupid. And that's what happened to Winston Moss. And uh, it was like. Didn't he, like, say it in the middle of the day and mm-hmm. then got canned later that night? <laughs> <laughs> so that that did not bode well for him. The White Sox tried to impress Bryce Harper to get them to play by introducing him to Jim Tomey. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the White Sox are an awful franchise. I don't know why. I'd be more impressed by Frank Thomas. Yeah. The bigger, Jim, I mean, I love Jim Tomey. I do, too. Former He's, twin. He, former twin. He's a great, great ultimate Hall of Famer. But that's the guy that you marketed, you know. I mean, you could have... 
Frank Thomas market Nugenics mm-hmm. while talking to Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a perfect situation. Um, but, you know, it's – and then uh, a dog in Argentina <laughs> saved. The, the goalie in an Argentina soccer game was so way out of position, mm-hmm. got burned on a play, dog, wide open net, and a dog runs onto the field, dives in front of the ball – to save Airbud. <laughs> the goalie, yeah. I mean, it, it's their own little version of Airbud. So that was that was a f- fun little highlight. Um, so there's some good funnies. I hope that brightened everybody's Friday. Um, it's the highlight of my week. I'm glad we're bringing it back because I can tell it's made you laugh. So it's 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 a hoot. I'm glad we're we're, we're doing it again. That's a great way to end the work week. Start the week yet. Have fun tonight, and uh, keep us updated on Northern Michigan hockey. Of course, I'll be busy with Westwood Patriot basketball. You can hear that right here on ESPN-UP. Thanks again for being here. Always good talking with you. Looking forward to next week. Exactly. All right, Tanner Hoops with you. That was Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. We're signing off. We've got our Friday Coaches Show coming up in case you missed it. You can hear that next here on ESPN-UP.